Welcome to the Winning with Shopify podcast, the podcast that will teach you to take your Shopify store and turn it into an automated sales machine with the latest marketing, email, sales, and social media advice, strategies, and tips from experts without the fluff. Your host, Caroline Belinska, the founder of JustAskParker.com, the only small marketing task agency for Shopify owners. With over 10 years experience in marketing, manufacturing, design, and e-commerce, she shares her knowledge and interviews the experts to help you in your journey to success. Now, here's your host, Caroline Belinska. Welcome back to the podcast, everyone. This is your host, Caroline Blinska. And today I have a wonderful guest with me. She's all about SEO, and this is going to be a great interview. I already know it because I've checked her out myself, and I know that everything she's going to share is things that I have been telling all of my audience to be careful of and to think about when it comes to their actual business. So today I have Maggie Tukapska. Today I have Maggie Tukchapska on the call. Oh, I think I said that properly. I'm actually Polish, so I should actually be able to say that, but I can't pronounce it properly. It's one of those hard ones, but I'm so glad to have Maggie here today. It's going to be a wonderful interview. She has got so much background in SEO. She's been doing this since 2007. She's been involved with SEO strategies with Google, and she is actually a Shopify partner, which is what I love best. I love Shopify partners. They work really well when it comes to Shopify. They know exactly how to implement SEO into Shopify or anything that they're actually doing. And she has actually gotten one of her actual blog posts, one of her own blog posts to number one within four days. And she's got a second blog post that she's done to as well within a couple of days as well. And she is implementing workshops with her Facebook and she runs a free workshop on how to implement all of this in her Facebook group. So with no more further to do, so without waiting any longer, let's introduce Maggie and have a chat to her and find out more about what she can tell us about SEO. So hi, Maggie. How are you today? Hi, Caroline. I'm good. How are you doing? Very, very good. You're over there in the UK. So it's morning here on this side of the world. And I think it's beautiful weather here. What's it like over in the UK at the moment? It's gorgeous since last weekend only because it has been very, very autumny in the previous week. So in Poland, where I'm from, there was a heat wave in the USA. It was a heat wave. And here we had about 11 degrees Celsius, which meant we had to wear our woolly jumpers and winter boots. (laughs) And it was raining. But yeah, this week it has been really lovely. Fantastic. Well, I know in the UK and same here in the Netherlands, we don't really like it that warm because we don't have any air conditioning in the houses. Coming from Australia where air conditioning is quite normal, hot days were not a problem, whereas here in Europe, it's a little bit more of a problem. So it's probably a good thing that it didn't get so hot over there in the UK. Yes, yes, definitely. We don't need AC. Sometimes we don't even need heating in the winter because winters are very, very mild, which I absolutely love. Fantastic. Well, let's get into some questions. I wanted to know, first of all, if you can tell us a little bit more about you and what you're doing. I love your story when you reached out to me and you explained what you were doing when it comes to blog posts, which is really what I want today to be about. I want you to discuss about online SEO, helping people understand why that's important. I find with my clients, 
they don't understand online SEO, on-site SEO. So I want to discuss that. But I also really want to talk about these blog posts because that's what I'm finding is very, very helpful to a lot of my clients at the moment. So tell us a little bit more about you and then we'll get into some questions. Yes, absolutely. So I have been in SEO or I have been doing SEO since 2007, but at the beginning, it wasn't really my main job. So I was selling online. I had online store selling clothing for about five years, since 2007 till 2012. And I didn't use any paid advertising. There was no Facebook ads back then. There was only like basic Google ads. And I use organic SEO. So I learned SEO myself and I got to paid one or first position on paid one of Google. I think the second year and I'm still there, although although I have sold the website in 2012, but my website still ranks for the fullest target keyword on, on the first page. And I've done it through blogging uh, mainly and through organic SEO. But I have to say that back in 2007, Google was, was completely different and SEO optimization was much more simpler than it is now. It was before the Google Panda, before the Google Penguin, Hummingbird update. So it was like ridiculously easy to get to page one. Nevertheless, nevertheless, I stayed on page one because obviously I ranked for organic content, which is key. So I didn't use any black hat techniques because those those updates were there to really sift those websites that were using black hat techniques from the websites who gen- genuinely genuinely wanted, wanted, wanted to help users. Because I'm not sure if you remember, Caroline, about 10 or 12 years ago when you, were, when you went to Google and you started for something and then you got a bunch of rubbish websites and they were only on page one because they were filled that their page was filled with those kind of you know keywords <laughs> hidden keywords and that's why they rank and so google released a bunch of updates to really improve their search results Yes, I well, that's how I started my online marketing business was actually in SEO myself. So back then it was very easy to scam the system, whereas now pretty much impossible to scam it. And Google's done a great job with having to have you create great content, which means that when we're searching, we're going to get really good results. Absolutely, absolutely. I think Google's doing a very good job and I'm really, really um, admiring it because although it gives a headache for somebody obviously who's doing SEO, this is all to improve the user experience because Google is all about user experience, isn't it? Exactly. And that's what a lot of people, when they say to me, I'm so angry that it's so hard to get to the first page of Google. And I always say, but hang on, would you be happy if you landed on Google and you got all of these terrible things to look at? Like you said, I remember the days there used to be brands that would put in fast cars, BMWs, Porsches, whatever the cars were. And then it would be a website for a porn website, for example. So <gasps> oh my God. And you were getting to porn websites or websites that you don't want anything to do with. And that was the terrible days of the start of Google searches. So I remember that because that's when I started in this industry. So it's really nice to know that I can put in a search term and get a good result. So that's actually relevant. So while it's not fair, it's actually much better this way. Absolutely, much better. And uh, sometimes Google understands your intent and sometimes it, well, often it doesn't really even show your results much in your exact keyword. 
but it assumes what you mean and you can you can get immediate result but just by clicking first two pages on page one of google you don't have to spend like 15 minutes just researching the topic until you until you come across anything valuable <laughs> exactly yeah it's it is fantastic and i find now probably for the last couple of years the whole e-commerce space has sort of been forgotten about when it comes to SEO. And I think now what I'm noticing and why I wanted you on here was because I'm noticing, especially recently, and I talk a lot with my clients and people that follow what I'm doing. I talk about how to get low hanging fruit, how to find that low hanging fruit, how to get free traffic to your website. And I've got some really strong strategies that I really stand by. And one of them that I've been really pushing over the last six months is SEO and doing great blog posts. So that's why I was so excited to have you on here. So let's talk a little bit about how to run a sustainable SEO campaign to give your online store protection from the Google algorithm changes. That's a good question. So I really like also that you mentioned this low hanging fruit. This is really this is really fantastic way to to boost your your Google ranking easily for the keywords you already rank for, but you didn't know that that, that you do. So you can definitely find them in your Google console, don't you? You can find find them. I know that most people won't even know what that is. So let's just talk about what <laughs> your console is. Google Console is is similar to Google Analytics. So this is a search metric tool. It's completely free and you can integrate with your website and it gives you insight on how people find you. So what kind of search phrases, keywords, what kind of keywords people put in Google to find your website. And sometimes when you go to Google Console, you go to the dashboard you can uh, you can click on on a section which tells you the phrases that people use uh, in google and then on which page in google you already are for these phrases so these are those low hanging fruits and you can easily get to page 1 just by starting to optimize your website for those keywords so a great example is one of my clients, Noor Jewelry. She actually said to me about private coaching together. And two weeks ago, she said to me, or a bit longer ago, she said, oh my God, I've had all these sales from Google. And she wasn't running Google ads. And it ended up being that she was getting sales from a particular set of earrings on her website. When I first met her, the first thing I said to her on day one was, your descriptions are really bad. You need to fix your descriptions. And she went away and she fixed all of the descriptions on her website. And literally within a couple of days, she started getting sales, not just traffic, but it was converting into sales from those particular pair of earrings that went straight to page one of Google with nothing else but just changing description words in her description. So if anyone's listening and they think, oh, this is all too hard at work, trust me when I say it's not. And she's just one example of it working properly. Absolutely. And Google definitely rewards this kind of unique descriptions, unique content on the website, something that you really created yourself. Not only words, but also images. Images also play a huge role. So if you want to boost your SEO, create your own your own images that's definitely better than uh, than sourcing them but yeah creating product descriptions unique titles 
unique uh, blog post, obviously content on the pages. For example, when you run an online store, when you run a Shopify store, Shopify often gives you possibility to publish returns policy, which is default returns policy. But it is the same for any other shop because all, all the other shops have the same policy. And you can easily improve your Google rank just by, just by writing your own policy. And it's much better for your business as well because you don't want to have the same policy if you're using if you're selling underwear or if you're selling bikinis or if you're selling CDs, obviously you will need a different set of policy um, for your business. But yeah, definitely unique unique content is, is key. So Google, Google loves it. Fantastic. You're already giving so many great ideas and I'm actually going to do this live. I was going to ask you at the end, but I'm going to ask you now, would you come on and do a workshop with us to help people work through some of this on a video style workshop where we can do it another day, not now on the podcast, but I'd like to have something that I can give people um, to sign up for. Would you be, would you like to be a guest on one of those workshops? Thank you, Caroline. Oh, that would be lovely. I would love to do that. Yes. Well, what I'll do is this is all live. So like we're recording this. So I hadn't actually thought this through beforehand, but Maggie is giving us so much great advice. And I think that there's going to be a lot of people out there that are thinking, wow, but how do I implement these things? So once this podcast comes out live, I will have a link to a sign up and I will explain exactly what we'll be doing in that workshop. We'll think about it a little bit more, but for everyone listening, sign up on that link and um, there'll be more information on that workshop. So Maggie, that's going to be fantastic if we do that. So let's move on. The next question, how do we find the best converting keywords that bring in buyers? Like I just said about that particular client, it was very important that her and I spoke about the actual keywords. So there's a lot of people out there, let's say for instance, they think if they're selling Puma sneakers that they have to use the word Puma only. So let's talk a bit about the actual keywords that actually convert into buyers. That is such a good question and it is not an easy task and you have to you have to remember that Google understands keywords a little bit differently than we do because Google pays attention to an intent so a keyword intent so keywords that convert will have will have different intent than keywords that don't convert keywords that don't convert you can use on your blog you can use on your pages so if you want if we we will be using the Puma sneakers example. Non-converting keyword would be best Puma sneakers because this is something that people use to do a research. They're not ready to buy. They do a research, they maybe look for designs. Using the same example, a converting keyword would be buy Puma sneakers, particular line, orange size six. So this is very specific. This is something that people use when they are ready to buy, when they know what they want. They have got, they're, they're in this last stage of the buying process or of the buying funnel. And I call it, they are ready to buy credit card in hand because they are searching for a very specific keyword. So this is the converting keyword. So do not do not make a mistake to to optimize your e-commerce website for very very general keyword. You need a keyword that is specific and that is used by someone who is ready to buy. And then you find these keywords by doing a detailed research and 
I recommend when you find a keyword, I recommend going back to Google, just google.com, normal website, and searching for this keyword. If you see that on the first page there are online shops, it means that the intent for this keyword is commercial. If there are articles, if there are blog posts, if there are review sites, it means that the intent for this keyword is informational. So we don't want to rank your e-commerce website for this particular keyword. Oh, that's great. I love that. That's a really good way of putting it. And I guess that maybe you can explain in a little bit more detail and we'll talk about actual blog posts in a second. But for example, that one that you said, buy Puma shoe size six black online, you mm-hmm. wouldn't put that into a, a description for the product. So that's where a blog post comes into it. Yes, that, that's where blog posts come into it. But with blog posts, obviously you can review, for example, what kind of Puma, Puma sneakers are fashionable in 2009. So this, this still can bring traffic and then you can still convert, convert visitors into paying customers at a later stage, obviously with a, with a different strategy. But if you want to improve your conversion rate, so sales per, per visitors, you can still use those keywords within your product description, but you don't have to use the exact keyword because Google, Google still understands what people mean if they want to buy if if they if they search for buy keyword sneakers you don't have to put it in a description because when someone types buy obviously they want to find the product so google will show them products fantastic so it's not like the old days where we used to have to put in the exact keyword in the exact form in the same order so seo 5 10 years ago you'd have to type in if you wanted the word buy puma sneakers you'd have to use that or if you wanted to put in Puma sneakers buy, they were both very different keywords. Whereas now what you're saying is that that's not important anymore. It's not important anymore. So you don't have to use the exact keyword on your website because if you have the name of the sneakers, Puma sneakers, for example, a special line, and then you can put in a title size six or you can put in a title red but even if you don't do it even if you have you know this kind of selection on the product page that it's availability for this particular color for this particular line and for this particular size you can still rank for this keyword because shopify the way the platform's set up is that it actually takes that information so it can see the sizes that you've got in stock it can see the colors that you've got in stock and use that as part of the search for google Absolutely, absolutely. What you can further improve is improve your meta tag for each for each product. So meta tag is a Google snippet that is displayed in Google search results and meta tag you can add it separately from your from your product title. So this is meta title and meta description that is displayed in search results. And then you can put longer title and longer description to say that okay this is we've got we've got more colors or we've got these colors we've got more sizes or we've got those those particular sizes available obviously you don't want to just use them to stuff to stuff keywords or just just list colors but obviously focus more on writing those descriptions as you would write to another you know another person so it still has to make sense. It doesn't have to contain like a list of keywords. 
Yeah, so keep it natural. But what I like about that is how many times, and I think we've all been users, so we've all used Google, so we know exactly what this is, but I'll just give an example for some people that still don't see that. Sometimes you type into Google Puma runners and then you see a description and it's got the blue title and then underneath it's got more text. And sometimes you see a long title like blue Puma runners, blue, red, green, and black um, sizes 10 to size 12. And then it's got a description and then you click on it and then it goes to a completely different shoe. That's because someone has put in the description of the meta title and meta tag that doesn't match the actual description of the actual product for sale, which is still black hat hat techniques that you don't want to do because you're not going to get the sale anyway. It's a black hat technique and it actually can harm your SEO. So while you will get traffic, it will harm your SEO because your bounce rate will be high. And a bounce rate is when someone clicks your listing and then lifts right away. It actually can Google, if you have high bounce rate, Google can actually remove you from the listing from this particular search because it will view it as non-relevant for this keyword. Yeah, that's great advice as well. So many great things so far. So this is fantastic. So let's talk a little bit about how to create uh, critique your own website. So a lot of people come to us and they think, they say to us, should I be doing on-site SEO? So how do people critique their own website to work out what they need? Um, critique the website when it comes to SEO. I do offer a free SEO critiques, but they can they can use pretty much all the free SEO tools. So I like to use Screaming Frog. It's really good, but it's a little bit, uh, it's a little bit unva- advanced. If you just want to check your SEO score and see how your pages are displayed in Google, you can use SEO Web Page Analyzer. So this is really good, good website. You can also check use Google Mobile Speed Test to see how quickly your website is loading. No, sorry, mobile, no, mobile responsive test to see how your website displays on mobile. Then you can use Pingdom tools to see how your website, how fast your website is loading. This is also important. And check for any broken links because that also matter for SEO. Okay, let's just reel those off again. There were so many things there. The first one that you mentioned was SEOWebPageAnalyzer.com web page i'm writing this in the show notes seo web page analyzer.com mm-hmm. was mobile responsive test mm-hmm. mobile responsive test from google and then you said pingdom tools and that was for the broken links deadlinkchecker.com broken links is deadlink checker so there's so many things everyone if you're listening to this wondering what to do next in your business these are definitely the things that you need to be doing so take notes look at the show notes and there'll be more information in there but really these are the things that make a difference and when people say to me why am i not getting sales if you're not getting the traffic you're not getting the sales and if you cannot afford fifty thousand dollars a month for ads on facebook then you need to be doing this because this is really low-hanging fruit these are the things that you can get done super quickly so take action. Maggie's got great information here. So Thank Maggie, you. you mentioned to me that you've got a 42 point checklist that you give away on your website. People can go and download that for free. So we'll have the link in the show notes. It's rockpapercopy.com. Great name. And then they can get that from your website. But can you just give us sort of five of those points that you talk about? There's 42, but just five of them for now. 
Absolutely. Um, actually, I wanted to talk about keyword, but uh, we've covered it so far, page title. So I'm going to find something that is we haven't mentioned, but also will be useful. So I'm just going through this this article. Maybe we um I can mention how to actually optimize the pages because we discussed that you don't have to staff the pages with keywords anymore but you need to know where to put each keyword on the page for Google to really notice. So the best places for your keywords is obviously the page title or the product title. So this is the most important. Within the page, a H1 tag is something that Google pays attention to. And you can, so this is heading tag within the page and you can edit them to add the H1 value within your Shopify, within your Shopify admin page. Um, internal links also matter and also include the keywords within the first hundred words on the page. So this is the crucial, the crucial bit on the page, the first hundred words. Definitely put keyword in, in the first hundred words. This is, this is what Google pays attention to. Okay. And this is enough really to, to help you rank, to help you rank for the keyword. Fantastic. So H1 title in the actual description. So you have to have a good title, but then H1 titles in the description as well, you're saying? Yes. And then internal links. So links to other parts of your actual website. Yes. Internal links. So links to other, yeah, links to other pages uh, within your website because in the, it improves crawlability. It improves how Google really crawls your website from page to another page. Fantastic. And then your keywords in the first hundred words. So I always talk when it comes to copywriting, having one to two sentences, three to five bullet points, and then the rest of your text. So having your keywords in that first one to two sentences and the first three to five bullet points. Yes. Fantastic. Love it. If people cannot take action on that, then I don't know what else they can do because this is really, I keep stressing it, but it's really true. This is the low hanging fruit, people. This is really where you're going to get your sales very, very quickly. I've had clients, like I just said, Nord Jewelry is doing it. You can make this happen. And it is actually super simple once you take action. Absolutely. The other thing that I wanted to mention when you are creating a new page, when you are adding a new page and you are adding a lot of text, make sure that you add frequent paragraph breaks within the text. So don't put text as a block of text because it is very discouraging for people really to, to read your website like a, you know, some kind of research material that they have to go through. Make your content skimmable so people can scroll through your page and know right away what this page is about what the main points are about so this is really useful especially when writing store policy like shipping or research policy return policy so how do you do that you do it by adding heading tags so for example if you have a new paragraph about when you're saying few words about uh, how long is your policy that you offer 30-day returns, put heading tag 30-day returns policy and then the new paragraph you can add another tag such as contact us now. So this is where you make the this kind of content more user-friendly and accessible and this is really important for Google as well. So, So make it user-friendly, make it very easy to skim through and easy to understand within a few seconds without, without reading the whole content. 
you have got my heart. This is what I try to tell people all the time, how important that is. So fantastic. That's, you know, I see that it makes a difference. They say 70% of people skim read, only Mm -hmm. 30% of people read all of the text. So so important. Yeah, the stats are unbelievable. So it just shows for that reason. But for Google, it helps as well, because if you've got, your like you've been saying the H1 titles in there. So, you know, it works not just for Google, but Google's I guess the thing is Google does that because they know it works for people as well. They're trying to make it easy for people to find you and want to read your website. Absolutely. I didn't know about the statistics that that only 30 people read the text, but I I suppose it makes sense. But when it comes to optimizing the content, so definitely it helps. Sorry, probably you won't publish this bit. I'm just trying to, I I lost... uh, track of track of my thought do you have one more point for us on the topic of the google being google ready yes absolutely so there are there is actually one point that i wanted to talk about or even two because when it comes to images make sure to geotag your images that definitely can help you can help you rank in google Especially, I noticed that many people, when they do Google search, they they often skip to the image tab, and then you can easily you can easily rank in this image search by optimizing your images. So people often search for images first when they're looking for, for example, for jewelry, for for home decor designs, for for other this kind of visual visual items, because it gives them better idea which item they want to click. If you want to appear high in those res- high in those uh, image results, definitely optimize your images with geotags, alt tags. So don't don't forget your images. Okay, so what can you just explain geotag and alt tag? Geotags are geographical location to your images which means you can easily do it using Google Photos. So it I tag where this uh, image was taken. It can definitely boost your SEO because when I started when I started using them, my content with those images started ranking much, much quicker. So definitely add geotags. Okay, so when you say about geotags, I just want you to explain this because I know for a fact, I bet you less than 1% of people have even heard of it geotags we've all heard of alt tags Mm -hmm. geotags if they use the the system to do that if their photo was taken in a location can they change what it says or it's definitely stuck to a certain location they can change i think the location is assigned to the google file to the image file if they have taken their picture with uh, with smart camera or the smartphone but you can edit the location using google photos fantastic and that means would you recommend my clients say for instance I always talk, this is another low-hanging fruit strategy that I use, is that when we target people through Facebook ads, for example, or Google ads, I always give them a list of, I've got a list of the top 50 zip codes across the US, for example. And I say, target these places first because these people have the highest income. They're the highest income zip codes. Should they be then doing the geotags for those locations or do you recommend they choose a location or do they base it on something else? How do they choose what the location should be? That is a really good question, Caroline. So you definitely want to add tags for the locations you want to rank for. If you if you add tags for your own location, people in your target location, 
might not find you because they will they will see the content from the websites first in the, with the tags from their location. So for example, I have recently worked with someone who is selling lamps and they wanted to target Chicago-based Chicago-based customers although they were based outside of Chicago. So, so you could choose exact location and you could, you, could, uh, you could tag your images for this particular location when you want to rank for. Fantastic. Love it. That is such an amazing low-hanging fruit strategy for people. So I've said it already a few times, Maggie, but you have been absolutely amazing so far. If we even finish here now, I think that people can walk away from this podcast saying absolutely amazing content huh. and really great strategies that people can implement themselves. Nothing that you've given as examples or um, strategy ideas is something that's too hard for them to do themselves. Everything can be done by a person without any, any knowledge when it comes to tech knowledge. So this has been fantastic so far, but I really, really, really want to keep going because the whole idea of the blog posts, I'd love you to tell us more about that if you still have time to stay on, because that is something that Everything that you've said they need to do, without that, then probably the blog post strategy doesn't work. But let's talk about blog posts and what you recommend when it comes to blog posts for e-commerce stores. Thank you, Caroline. That that, that will be an absolute pleasure. (laughs) It's really nice chatting to you. The blog post, they're really good start when choosing what to write about is to pick a very, very specific niche. So if you are in, let's say, go to the example, selling Nike sneakers or Nike shoes, you want to narrow down the topic to to be very, very specific. So you can choose a very, um, very specific sport and then review what kind of shoes will be good for this sport for someone who wants to achieve certain results. So this is a little bit more specific and it's not very general. And then you search for the keywords with the right intent. So obviously the keywords that that will help rank for your blog post. And also the the next stage of researching or optimizing or writing the blog post is actually seeing what kind of articles are already on the first page because you want to compare and see what kind of content ranks there already and if you can actually create something better that will help you get to page one over them. So that will help you rank over them. So how can you create something better? First of all, the longer post, Google pays attention to the article, you know, how many words it has got. As long as those words definitely mean something, don't just create a post just to keep adding words because they won't help, they won't make any difference. If there is a list of 20 points, maybe you can create a list of 40 points to look for. Maybe you can add videos, graphs, charts, so something that will help your users further. And a good rule of thumb that I like to that I like to use is when writing blog posts, you have to think from from your from your reader's perspective. For example, if they are searching for the best Puma sneakers for 100 meter run, what kind of information are they looking for? Maybe they're looking for reviews. Maybe they're looking for videos of someone training. Maybe they look for 
for how the sneaker is built. Maybe they look for uh, materials they use for the sneakers, where the materials are sourced for. So if you put all this information in your blog post, if you think that they will find everything they all the information they need in your article, your article will be on page one. This, this is this is really the, the right technique. And then, then you start writing. <laughs> okay, so let's say, for instance, a lot of people who come to us that just ask Parker, come to us and they come up with the idea of having an e-commerce store. Someone told them, oh, it's really easy. So you're going to laugh from this because we both know the answer. Someone told them, oh, you can work one hour a week or four hours a week. And suddenly you've got this really great business and you make all this money. You and I both know that's not how it works, especially for the first six months. However, there's people out there that come to me. And so they've chosen products, not based on a passion, but purely based on, they got told they'll make a lot of money. So should they be writing their own content or should they be outsourcing it? And what is that? What's the difference? How good is that for their business? If they haven't got a passion, I, I definitely recommend outsourcing it because if they haven't got a passion, they won't, uh, I'm sorry, I, I might sound harsh, but they, they want to create engaging content. They want to engage with someone who is passionate about it and the reader will feel it. So perhaps outsource, but I'd outsource someone who specializes in this niche. Don't outsource someone on Fiverr because that won't make any difference. They'll just sound plastic. So definitely, yeah, if you're not passionate about it, outsource this as much as you want. You can still have thriving business, but definitely, I, I think passion definitely helps. Fantastic. And look, you can be as harsh as you want on this podcast. I'm very much about just saying it how it is. I don't like to, I think there's a lot of people out there that are sort of sugarcoating the e-commerce space and people out there are probably living in a little bit of a cloud of what it's like. So I really like it on here that people like you can come on and just tell it how it is and just be blatantly, you know, like you said, just harsh about it. But to us, I think it needs to be told that way. So I'm glad that you said that. What about minimum keywords? Is there a minimum? I'm not sure. Could you give me more information about it? Is there a minimum amount of keywords that people should be using in there? Sorry, minimum amount of words in a blog post. Minimum, yes, there is. Definitely, definitely, definitely. There has been a research made by Brian Dean from Backlinko. So he, I think he researched quite insane amount of articles, like over a thousand or over a million. I don't remember, but he wanted to sort of to analyze them to to see why they actually are on the first page so he spent quite a long time doing it and he found that they all have something in common which is quite a lot of words and i think the minimum i would say 1500 to be on the first page but I, I wouldn't really, I wouldn't really mind if someone were to create three thousand or four thousand. Like this latest article that I, uh, that I tried to rank for had over six thousand keywords, six thousand words. Okay. But I had to break it into four pages, obviously, because otherwise they would just, you know, <laughs> load forever. Okay. So then, it, does it become four different blog posts, or is it one blog post across different pages? This is one blog post across different pages. And there's another reason why I did it to reduce the bounce rate. So 
I noticed since I started uh, publishing articles, my bounce rate went a little bit high because people read the article and obviously they do spend some time reading the article, but then they leave the website. So I split this, this lengthy article across four different pages. And obviously there's a link to read, to read the, the remaining content, the, the, sec- the second part, the third part and the fourth part as well. Fantastic. So how often should people be putting out blog posts? As often as you can. You can blog as often as once a week or once every two weeks. But obviously it's impossible if you have your own business or if you're just starting out, it's impossible to to keep adding new long form article every two weeks. So my tip is publish this kind of extensive article maybe once every few months, but keep adding new content just to add fresh, something fresh to your website because that also matters to Google. You can create video, you can create infographic or you can create super short article. What worked for me is to create instructional guides. For example, one of the articles that ranks very well is article with few words, but it explains how to hyperlink the email address. And it, it works because people can leave this page open and still do it within a few seconds on their website. So it still works earning me the dwell time on my, on my website. So people stay on my website while, while, applying, the, while applying the code to, to their site. So then that actually keeps your, in Google's eyes, people staying on your website a long time which means that you're actually getting better ranking from Google. Yes. So yeah, la- last few months I I worked extensively on improving the bounce rate and and on the dwell time with uh, with experimenting with different content what works for me to do that. So that just gives me an idea for e-commerce stores. So let's say for instance you're selling shoes and their people need to measure their feet for example or baby clothes or you could actually say hey like in an article you can say go grab a measuring tape keep this page open because you're going to go step by step through this keep this page open and follow the instructions and then you've got someone that's staying there for a lot longer and we can do that across lots of different types of businesses. Absolutely, absolutely. You just have to find the content that your audience will be interested in and then either create a video, explanatory video or step-by-step strategy or, as you say, even even step-by-step strategy with photos, how to measure measure your feet or how to measure shoes and so on. So this, this is a really smart idea, definitely. It can definitely work for SEO as well. Fantastic. That's why videos are so great because it keeps people on your website. There's just so many great things in here and my head's exploding with (laughs) questions. I'm so glad that you're going to do a workshop with us because I think that we're going to come up with some sort of step-by-step that we're going to walk people through. I love it. I think it's fantastic. Is there any last minute points that you want to make to people that are listening? You are a Shopify partner. So anyone who is not quite sure of what the difference is, they're Shopify partners, they're Shopify experts. Myself, I'm a partner and an expert. And us as Shopify partners and experts, we actually get extra internal training. We do a lot of things when it comes to Shopify. So Maggie's definitely a great person to speak to. There's a lot of SEO experts out there, but they're probably not particular with Shopify in particular. So that's why Maggie is a great one to ask for advice from. So Maggie, I want to know if there's any last minute things that you want to sort of discuss now and in the workshop, I'm sure we'll go through more that you can help people with before they get off this 
actual podcast episode and be able to implement into their business. Thank you. Um, last minute thing, I think you just have to optimize your Shopify store, optimize your Shopify website with the user in mind. So make sure that your store navigation is, is very user-friendly, is at the top, is very accessible and make sure that each content on the website can be found within three click a three click so this is called three click rule so go to the checkout within three clicks go to your blog within three clicks and complete the purchase within three clicks so this definitely can help you improve your conversion rate fantastic i love it so i'll just repeat the website because you do have on your website for everyone to download completely for free the 42 point checklist to help people get their website ready for google and your website is rockpapercopy.com so yes. everyone can head over there but also in the show notes, please sign up for the workshop that we're going to be putting together together, putting together together. Yeah. Um, we'll be doing that. And very shortly, I think that there's going to be so much more that Maggie can share. And I've got many more questions that we want to cover as well. So until then, everyone, please implement at least part of what Maggie's spoken about. There's at least 10 great things to implement. Go away immediately and implement at least one of them into your website immediately. And you'll start to see big differences. Once you do look at the website, what's it called? The What's the Google, Google analytics, Google search console. Oh yeah. So you can check that out in Google, your Google console and also your Google analytics, and you'll start to see big differences in your business immediately. I guarantee that you'll see big differences. And I'm sure Maggie, you can vouch for that as well. Absolutely, absolutely. As long as, yeah, Google Analytics definitely helps because it can help you find what currently is not working with your website. So I recommend installing it as soon as you can and then give it some time and then analyze, spend like a day going through Google Analytics and see how people interact with your website. You can find so many fantastic information on what to work on to make your SEO even better. Fantastic. I love it. So everyone, thank you for being here. And Maggie, thank you from the bottom of my heart. I know that myself and all of my listeners will really appreciate what you've given us today because it really is very, very insightful and very helpful. So thank you so much for joining us and helping us and sharing that information. Oh, it's a pleasure, Caroline. Thank you. Thank you so much for your time. Thank you for having me in. Thanks. And thanks everyone for listening and keep smiling. Thanks for listening to the Winning with Shopify podcast. Join the Facebook group, facebook.com forward slash groups forward slash winning with Shopify and get our show notes at justaskparker.com forward slash podcast. Don't forget to subscribe to this podcast so you never miss an episode. And as a listener, get 20% off at justaskparker.com by using the code podcast.